Uncle Owen! It's R2 unit has a bad motivator, look! Having trouble with your drug? Your drug? These two droids. Both are hard working and will serve you well. Droid. 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 We serve their kind here. You're listening to We Serve Droids, your favorite Star Wars podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. And we are back. Yes. We're here to talk about Andor. We're on the back nine of Andor, right? Oh, yes. The uh, getting better, getting excellent. I don't know. Like, it, At what point during, during, like, did, during your original watch there were you sold on this show? That's a really great question. I would say that at the conclusion of the last sequence that we talked, the conclusion of Aldani, I thought... I, it, it clued me in like, okay, this is really something special. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually in tonight's episode, we'll get to it. There's this particular scene where I thought this is now something that I did not know to expect, um, where it just went from like a, you know, a great example of a media that I love to like, actually, this is one of my all time favorite shows, even though we're only, you know, seven episodes in. Yeah, I'm with you. Here, here's where it really ramped up from, from you know, great to excellent, in my opinion. So uh, before we talk more about this great show, let's let's play a dumb game. How about that, Chris? All right. So not too long ago, my mom came by and dropped off uh, something from her attic. It was a big box of my old Star Trek toys. Oh, jackpot. That's right. (laughs) So I am going to pull a toy out of the box and we show like 20 questions it. I mean, it doesn't have to be like according to Hoyle. Like it doesn't have to be yes, no questions only, but we will see uh, how many questions before you can guess what I have in my hands right now, Chris. How does that sound to you? I don't even think I'm, I'm not even well versed in your, your, uh, your uh, toy collection as it is. So I don't really have any background for this could be anything in my mind out of, out of the uh, vast or the universe of Star Trek merchandise, <laughs> right? That's to... right. You, you got to figure it has to be before a certain year. But I mean, honestly, I could have toys from any age of my life. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to guess <laughs> what, what toy you have. We might end up judging the uh, choices of, <laughs> you know, Mattel or Hasbro whoever made these things. I guess we can we we can admit if it's any any of the Star Trek toys I've burdened you with over the years. <laughs> That's <laughs> During... right. There there was I'll uh, let you in on uh, one toy that it's not that was in the box. There was a Galron, but it was a different Galron. Than the oh yes. <laughs> Battle Galron and Chancellor Galron. Now. Oh right. <laughs> Casual Galron. <laughs> the smoking jack. Yes. Without further ado, I don't have a great name for this this game, Chris. Maybe like what's what's in the transporter or something like that. Oh, that's good. None of your toys will function. It's just a toy. Be a toy. As if this ship and crew were almost a toy for his amusement. I do not play with toys. Let me know when you're ready. When you oh, have... I'm I'm born ready. I've got the toy. The toy has been selected. 
Oh man, so are we do I have do I have yes no or can I do open ended? Uh let's let's you can do both. You can do either okay. one. Let's start with some yes no's. Alright. Uh is this from next gen? It is from the next generation. Alright. Alright. Uh is it an action figure? It is an action figure. Ooh, it's not not a, not not Gowron. <laughs> <laughs> one person the one wide-eyed uh warrior you know it's not <laughs> is this uh enterprise crew it is an enterprise crew <laughs> yes <laughs> there's a sort of qualification but i'll say yes uh all right i'm gonna i'm just gonna jump to a straight on guess here is it all miles right. o'brien <sighs> no it is not miles o'brien that would be perfect you know, I had uh, the greatest toy I ever had was a next gen transporter toy. Oh, those are beautiful. It had like this weird two way mirror contraption yeah. that actually made the toys disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, I never had a Miles O'Brien with it. Cole Meaty not seeing any of those those action figure revenue. <laughs> <laughs> they got them out too late. Yeah. Was this person this this action figure character? On another Star Trek TV show? Um, well, yes, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. They've all been on like a million shows now. That's true. Uh, I was trying to see if it was like Worf from... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so not Worf, Enterprise Crew. Yeah, crap. They've all been on these different tar- Star Trek shows now. <laughs> Damn it. Who hasn't been on Picard now? I you know. know. Uh, the whole cast. I keep waiting for that Darmok guy to show up. I, I wish he had. <laughs> Did this character is this character male or female, or um, one of those weird aliens that has like, three genders? <laughs> the one that the one that Riker tries to like mm-hmm. run away with. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. that, that'd be a great pull. <laughs> um, this is a this is a male character. It is not a Deanna or a Beverly. Oh, man, it's like the it's like guess who when you. When you try to narrow it down, you get nothing. <laughs> that chubby-cheeked guy with glasses. <laughs> is this a bridge officer? It is a bridge officer. All right. Um, is this? I'm going going slightly less yes/no here. We're going to go. Right. Is this person's rank? Uh, we'll call it. Is it above or lieutenant? So like lieutenant commander. More or pips than lieutenant. More pips than lieutenant. More pips than lieutenant. It's not a Wesley. It's no ensign. All right. Uh, not a helmsman. Can I go? How about Riker? Close. Picard. All right. It is Picard, but in a certain kind of way. All right. We're we're going we're going deep here. Uh, is this <laughs> the big box of Star Trek toys? Is very deep. Is this is this Picard with like his like captain's jacket? Picard, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love Captain's Jacket Picard, but no. This so, would have appeared in the show prior to Captain's Jacket Picard. Okay. Is this Picard from like a like an like an excursion? Like a side he's is he is he in his uniform? <laughs> he's not in the uniform. All right. But he's not in like a deep V Ryzen vacation outfit. Okay, okay, okay. Is this from like like Holodeck? Is he like Detective <laughs> Dixon Hill Picard. Yes, you got it. Yes, he just pulled it. It is Dixon Hill Picard. Oh, I remember that one. Uh, That was a good one. (laughs) Should we play another round of this? Dixon Hill Picard is a great pull, right? Absolutely. (laughs) 
<laughs> is it like, is that is that the right name? Is it is it Dixon Hill or Dixon something you else? Nailed it. Okay. Yes. I don't. I can't imagine that when I was a kid, I had probably even like seen that episode. <laughs> Why do I have gangster Picards? <laughs> I can I can imagine your parents just like why why does Scott want a Patrick Stewart gangster? <laughs> but I think we saw him on King Lear and PBS or something. I don't know who he was. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. I gotta go grab my giant box of toys. <laughs> All right, maybe one of these will still have batteries, and you can try to guess what it is from the battery sound. Man, I'm I'm <sighs> still amazed that was- that. that uh, that um <laughs> that episode one um toy and like still has functional batteries in it new in box that you gave me for christmas oh yeah that's the thing uh, a beauty. year or two ago hey only one nacelle and the enterprise is still humming oh man yes the uh, 1701d uh i gotta find another nacelle it's like taking battle damage here is it the one with battle damage or just a regular it's one? Not just supposed to, yeah, self-imposed. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the Romulan Warbird is not making noises. I will dip back. I will dip. I've got like a a uh, shuttlecraft that looks like an old minivan. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, the crap. Uh, yeah, when your when your parents or when your, when your friend's mom had like the uh, was like the Toyota Previa. <laughs> Or whatever it was, yes, like yeah, shuttlecraft. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, you were the cool kid then. <laughs> um, so I pulled two at at at, at random. I'm going to tell you the one that one guy like kind of came out like, you know, Jacob and Esau style, clutching the heel. The one I'm putting back in <laughs> is, gosh, these are such deep cut characters. It's Leonard Nimoy from that one two part episode. Where they go, oh. like, undercover to, to Romulus? Yes. Crap. What was that one called? Uh, reunion? Something? Yes. Something yes. Like... <laughs> reunion part one. Leonard Nimoy's oh, going back in the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is not a great likeness, but I've got another another nice action figure here for you. Oh, n- none of those figures <laughs> were exceptional. Except for the ones I'm thinking of. All right. So, fresh guesses here. So, action figure... Um, I'll start out with, uh, in- Enterprise crew or not. I'm going to answer this. I'm, I'm going right. to say my answers here cannot be like fully trusted, but in a sense, yes. Okay. In a sense, yes. we're not talking like a Wesley Crusher technicality here or anything like no. that. No, I okay. mean, it's, it's no, he's not a member of the crew. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'd say not crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not crew. The the I'll explain why I said that, but not crew. Does he is he live on the Enterprise otherwise? No. Okay. I don't think that there. actually applies to anyone who would be an action figure, come to think of it. <laughs> They're only obscure characters. Right. <laughs> uh is this person human? No. Alright. Okay. Going back to the three parter, uh, Male, female, or 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 a, a non-binary alien. I guess you have to say male. Okay. This person like appear more than once on the show. Yes, and okay. here's a bonus, Chris. Mm-hmm. I would say this person, by my count, has appeared on that I can think of four Star Trek series. Oh, are we talking? Are we talking Q? 
Hey, it is cute. Nice. It is, it is much like Dixon Hill Picard, Chris. <laughs> is it, it Judge is a, Q? Please. <laughs> Judge Q is still in the bag. I do uh, have a Judge Q. Oh, is this is this Q in like in in, in uh like uh, Starfleet uniform? <laughs> yes, it's nice. Starfleet nice. uniform okay. captain okay. Q. Maybe even Admiral Q. I can't recall. That's why I was like, <laughs> it's kind of crew. Like he kind of you know God powered himself into crew. <laughs> What do you say we uh, jump into this? Uh, we've got an episode right here in the middle of Andor, the announcement. Is that what this is? Yeah, or just yeah, just announcement. I think announcement. Oh yeah, fast and furious. Right? <laughs> no the. Look, sir. What have we here? Look, sir. Oh, what a mess! With the blast shield down, I can't even see. Look, sir. These aren't the droids you're looking for. So we've talked about some very minor characters in Star Trek. Who, like at this point in the show, like who are the like sort of magnetic characters that you think like if we didn't check in on, you would be disappointed? Ooh, so just just thinking like after after the events of the last episode, you know where where do I want to see who's doing what? Yeah, I mean you're not like precogging Andy Circus yet, so like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it hits most of those. Like I'm, I definitely want to see you know. Our ISB friends and how they react. Um, oh yeah, got to get uh, back to the Gestapo lady. Yeah, pretty much everyone in Corson really right now. I would say, and one of the reasons I love this episode is that Mon Mothma is a kind of character that, if the show didn't check in on, you wouldn't be surprised. But like, I always want them to. That's fair. I mean, it's I mean the. Uh... Like her, her her reaction to to this was, I think, going to be something I was like, really excited to see, or you know, see how like how how it um landed with her, I guess. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I mean, Cassian too, to some extent. You know, he's kind of you know oh, he's got sure. he's got his payout right. You know, he's he just needs to lay low and you know go somewhere fun i guess what are your thoughts oh yeah yeah real fun what are your thoughts on the guy that we start off with here right we start off with cyril Mm -hmm. you know he's gonna wake up and pour another bowl of frosted mistakes what like (laughs) it's so shocking at this point in the show that we've still been following him given that he's not been like integral since Chapter three, right, or episode three. These are not. This is not a book of Boba Fett. These are these are good old fashioned, honest to god episodes, aren't they? I mean, we would have, I guess, been, you know, they would have been, I guess, well within their rights, maybe, to just have him, you know, entirely out of the picture until maybe he approaches, you know, someone in the ISB, you know, like a, you know, crazy, uh, crazy conspiracy theorist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of becomes like more more one note, but. Seeing the full extent of his, you know, fall from from grace here is is a lot of fun. I don't know. You 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 sympathize with the character maybe some more now as opposed to just, you know, this maybe maybe being like a character like I think we mentioned of someone maybe you know or this type of individual. Yeah, the show is goes out of its way to like any sort of recurring characters to really psychologically ground. You know, they still don't mind throwing in like. You know, our favorite, like, fat Nazi who died of a heart attack last episode. <laughs> like, you know, he's a good, just kind of fun, silly one-off. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is, like, 
pretty well grounded. The prison arc coming up is sort of constrained in what they can do. But so so we we get this like serial serial um <laughs> with like the full nagging mom and yeah. uh how great is it that it's like his recurring theme is like altering his own uniforms? Oh yeah, I, I love the mom commentary of you know what what does this say about you? <laughs> <laughs> what a genius bit of writing that like Cyril's mom is so enamored with Uncle Arlo, you know. I mean, I'm assuming that's her brother. It could be it could be a brother-in-law, but it sure feels like a you know one of these like. From the outside, like, is this incestuous level of, like, brother-sister relation? Like, she just admires them too much. Right. I mean, I, I've thought about maybe, you know, given the type of, you know, character they're portraying her to be, like, maybe Uncle Arlo is, isn't even related to her. It's just some guy oh, yeah. who, who who can't get rid of this lady. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he was like the god, like everyone calls him Godfather. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. yeah. He's so... like, please, just, just call me Arlo. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It's it's a it will be a fun thing if we like. I would love for the show to keep us guessing on whether we ever actually get Uncle Arlo or not. It's like a whole, whole Uncle Arlo Tarkin. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, you like you wonder like, is, is Uncle Arlo is he just some sort of like you know like like mid upper management you know imperial bureaucrat who you know no one you know like no one really knows about. Or, you know, is he someone who, who like, a named character or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old Uncle Arlo Palpatine. <laughs> right, right. I don't think that Arlo is Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so we check in on, on uh, right, the ISB uh, conference room. Um, this, what do they call... The like MI six headquarters in like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, uh, the circus. Yeah, yeah, this is like the circus, isn't it? It, it? it is. Like it has you know a lot of those kind of sort of spycraft qualities, right? You've got this crazy looking conference room that you feel like is you know probably sound and shielded and everything else, and you know everyone's you know running around with their reports and. There's, you know, infighting and stuff like that. Yeah, there are a lot of yeah. a lot of similarities to that. Yeah, it has like funny shades of of uh, Lacar, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, did you catch that this guy given like the pep talk is from like the Star Wars conference room? Yes, that, that's 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 Big Daddy Lauren, right? <laughs> yes, this guy oh, is from probably I would say. Our favorite scene in Star Wars. Uh, our, our, our favorite conference room scene. Possible. <laughs> How will the Emperor maintain control without the bureaucracy? What a great pull to just like grab a random dude. The man knows his conference rooms. Loves loves a conference room. Probably a little disappointed that no one's like belittling a, a, a commanding officer's religion in this right. particular. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you catch like around the table? There's like maybe their aides or someone like sitting behind some of the main players. Yeah, right. I was I was hoping they might come into play. Like someone gets asked a question, has to like turn around to their, you know, the undersecretary of, of whatever in the in the room, right? Oh yeah, like holds the folder to the microphone. Yes, kind of maneuver. I love that maneuver. 
is this the the maester's boss? Is that how we're under, to understand the 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 chain of command here? I th- I think he is he is um he's the chief chief white white uniform guy as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> like he is he is a, a, I mean from my limited understanding of uh, the broader Star Wars, I think he's the head of the ISB or at least is by the time Episode Four rolls around. But yeah, I like I like all of the. Uh, bureaucratic evil i guess and the policies that are being laid out in the, in the wake mm-hmm. of the robbery right yes and it really does a great job of setting the stage for what we're going to get from from luthan later mm-hmm. right that, that this is the sort of the plan all along and that we've sort of been hinted at with with comrade nimick before right that luthan is is actually sort of like a like lenin accelerationist right mm-hmm. like he's He's like, we need the Empire to act brutally if we're going to actually recruit people to fight it. It can't just slowly, like, we can't all be the, the frog and the, and the, and the, we need like this water boiling a lot faster. Like, we, right. need, we need Palpatine cooking on induction ovens if we're going to, going to fight back. <laughs> Most tortured metaphor ever right there. <laughs> and I guess this is where we get the like turn to camera, uh, we get like, do we get the turn to camera like a uh, name of the episode moment here? My dear Doctor Sutton, welcome to Jurassic Park. And I think that this is maybe something we can come back to at the end. Uh, but I think like if I was to pick a sort of a theme of the episode, it's that Aldani did really flip the table. Like it created a new reality, and. A couple of the characters recognize it. Deidre is one of them. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of characters don't recognize it. Um, perhaps maybe Cassian, chief among them. But that's sort of the, I think, the main thing we'll see playing through here. Yeah, I mean, it introduces like a, I mean, I think we got some maybe inklings of it from the previous episode. You know, the, I guess the garrison commander was, you know. And, and maybe in disbelief, like, and then, you know, part of their plan hinged on the fact that they didn't think anyone would be able to, would be so brazen as to do what they did. One character who's certainly shocked by this development is our favorite, our favorite Mon, right? She's <laughs> got to show up to the antique shop. I, I love the fact that they, she has to constantly create an excuse to stop by this antique shop, like, every damn day. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Like, nope, I got to return this again. Yep. Like, oh, it's, it's, you know... <laughs> It's another obscure holiday in our culture. I'm here to buy, you know, some other piece of crap. I'm going to waffle on for four or five days coming back to see what else you get. Yes. The driver is like the person who can't keep the Jewish holidays in his head. You know, he's like never quite sure when it's a, uh, where is she from again? Uh, Shandrilla, yeah, no, like the Shandrillan right. holiday schedule, yes, right? Like, yes. is this a high? Is this a high holiday, or is this just like a fun, uh, you know, Hanukkah kind of thing? Like, what? <laughs> just no idea what you buy gifts for, what you don't go to work for. But we do get a shot of our favorite car, at least, right? Oh yeah, beautiful. You know how, like, if you go to like. This was FDR's summer home. They always have like his car there. Mm-hmm. You think in like the New Republic era, there's like a museum that has like the Blue Coupe de Ville as one of the exhibits. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. 
Yeah, it's but, like one of those like this car was driven like through the Berlin Wall and hit a guy in the seat kind of exhibit. Here's here's all of like the, the listening devices installed in this car, or, you know, in the driver's <laughs> yes. uniform or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the drop I want in Mandalorian when they're on Coruscant is uh, I want them to like be if they do another like what's a first date on Coruscant looks like episode. Mm. I want them to go to the museum and see see the blue Coupe de Ville. <laughs> Right, it's like it's the perfect timeline for that. That that'd be perfect for the uh, New Republic, like reeducation center or, yeah. or whatever the hell they have. You know, all the uh, ex imperials go through, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know thoughts about this whole scene with with old Luthan kind of like trying to be coy about pretending it 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 the Aldani gig was not his doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I love them having to go through like the the pantomime of you know him showing her an item for this, you know, the benefit of the, the driver outside. Right. You know, the, the, yeah. the gestures and everything else. It's a lot of fun, but it also be the most menacing item in the room. Right. <laughs> <Here's> <laughs> like the, if you don't mind your P's and Q's, here's the thing I'll kill you with. Yeah. I, I just robbed Aldani. You think I won't, you know, club a center to <laughs> in the middle of my, my antique shop. Yeah. I think like everyone, you know, from the rebel perspective, it's a big question of like how brazen can we be in this episode? You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's sort of Mothma's decision she's making, and and Luthen I think is got to be feeling like perhaps you know maybe Aldani was a big risk he shouldn't have taken, but paid off, and that's that's got to like you know it's like hitting blackjack on like your when you're right when you sit down i mean not that he's not been at this game for a long time but he's got to feel a little bit invincible now and you know i'm sure from her perspective it's more you know you weren't like you were lucky this time but this is Mm -hmm. like you you know you've you maybe you've succeeded in spite of yourself like you know with regard to you know how this plan went down of course she doesn't know the fine the finer details or you know what happened or who died and everything else but the secretary is kind of an interesting point. Like I feel like has that kind of point of view too. She's, you know, I'd said earlier that a lot of the characters have a developed backstory. She's a bit of a, an exception to that role, isn't she? Yeah. I, I mean, we'll see her here in a second. I did not recognize her for the longest time in this, in this <laughs> upcoming scene here. Yeah. So I mean, we can skip to that. It's very interesting that we don't yet know that these are like the Mothma cousins, uh, yeah, it's a fun reveal for a future episode. Mm-hmm. But in the wake of all this, like both of them instinctively need to go meet with Luthen, even though that's not part of the protocol, right? Right. And I mean, they, you know, they don't know, you know, who is watching them, who isn't, and to what extent, right? You know, they just have to kind of assume they're, you know, being surveilled at all times just to stay, you know, on the safe side. But a fun bit of, you know, a little, little spy craft montage, oh, yeah. the whole follow, what is her, Val? I think so, yeah. Or at least that's her code name, if not. And they, they pick some great, like, brutalist, you know, I guess real life places for her to walk through here, which really hammers home, like, the Cold War kind of vibe to it. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah, that's perfect. Better have those units from the soft lanes repaired by midday or I'll be held with 
you in hell. See you in hell. See you in hell. Back to that Luthan scene. Um, mm-hmm. He did have a line that I thought was really cool where, you know, Mothma's kind of awakening to what's going on. And he says something like, has anyone ever made a weapon that wasn't used? While holding that, that ancient, you know, <laughs> whatever cudgel or whatever that thing yeah. was. <laughs> right. Uh, it just makes it look very menacing. You can maybe draw like a, you know, something to along the lines of the Death Star to that. You know, they were, mm. I guess the the unofficial official story is, oh, we won't never need to use this. Just its presence will be enough. And, you know, of, of course you're going to blow up a planet. <laughs> no one, no one's buying this. Right, right. It's like how quickly the bomb was dropped in like Nagasaki after the bomb in Hiroshima, you know? Like, mm-hmm, right. This is a very quick, yeah, that's a really great point, actually. So Andor very stupidly goes back home, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's, you know, he's not a, I guess, a wealth of, of great decision making, but hey, it's probably the one place I wouldn't think to, to look for him at this point. So he's got that going for him, right? His plan is to pay up his debts, get, you know, his mother Marva to, to escape with him, mm-hmm. right? But it's, he's mostly just in a world, for, a world of, in for a world of rejection here. Right. Because he's not just getting it from mom, he's getting it from the ex-girlfriend too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, you know, finding out the full, you know, repercussions of his actions here too, some, you know, who's dead, who got captured. What Tim was up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who, who sold him out, right? Yeah. There are some who call me... You can't trust a Tim. <laughs> Tim? Tim gets that 30 pieces of silver and he is out. And we get the little bit of backstory about um, his sort of, I guess, fa- you know, de facto father figure, right? Like yeah. the, the original yeah. Clem. Clem, right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's some nice um, post-episode three kind of clone trooper action here right yeah let's do skip back to uh a scene you know back on coruscant and this is one mm-hmm. that i mentioned earlier when i when you asked you know at what point did the show you know reach a certain status for me and and for mm-hmm. me it was this scene in my in the shangrillan embassy between mon mothma and her banker friend so I guess the background here is like this is someone she's known, you know, for her whole life, right? Yeah, she's she needs to be able to surreptitiously access her own funds, right? And thinks that this guy would know how to do it, but she's unsure if it's safe enough to ask him about it. Right, exactly. And I think she's she's probably I think she's accessed some funds up to this point in a kind of haphazard sort of way, right? So this is kind of where that needs arising from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got such like an unassuming face. He's got a bit of like a John O'Hurley haircut, you know? <laughs> you want you want stability in your banker, Scott. <laughs> you want someone who shops from the Lieberman collection. Right. <laughs> but I just think the dialogue here is so great where you really see her as a political player mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think anything in Star Wars has given us this kind of a scene before of her having to fill a guy out. And, you know, I mean, I know it's like a, a bit of a cheesy thing in, in television now, but like literally leading him around the room as she kind of leads him <laughs> through everything. Right. The way she plays, 
like Mon Mothma, and, and this is going to come up later, like wears a lot of masks, I think. Yes, yes. In a way that, that a lot of characters, Luthen especially does. Mm-hmm. And like it's always hard to know when the mask is real and when it's not, and when you put it on to become that person and when you you know can or can't take it off. But you know, it starts to be so unsure, but that's a bit of like could be a could be the act, could be real. And it's like the switch so slowly gets flipped in the scene of who's leading whom. And, you know, he, he starts off with this, like, oh, I'm afraid my politics are too radical for you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, she walks him, you know, literally around, like, does a literal, like, 360 with him, a literal revolution with him. And, you know, kind of ends up saying, like, no, like, I'm actually, like, way ahead of you on that front. Right. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just don't think there's... I don't think there's another scene like this in Star Wars as far as like just a conversation scene between two people. And it's, I mean, it's really, I mean, on, on that point, I mean, it's really something I guess they just never really wanted to dedicate the time to maybe. Cause I mean, it's, you know, Andor isn't the most action packed show, but it doesn't really suffer from that because everything's mm-hmm. so well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for like, say Mandalorian, especially the first couple seasons to, to dedicate the kind of time to this where the episodes are fairly short and, you know, they want to mm-hmm. get to the next big action sequence. Um, but I mean, other times they're just either not done well, you know, I mean, like you can go right. to like Anakin Padme stuff as the kind of yeah. like obvious whipping boy. <laughs> um, but it's, I don't know. I mean, the, the prequels can get a bit talky, obviously, Luke and, and, and Yoda is very talky and very good mm-hmm. uh, in Empire. Luke and, and Rey is very talky and very good in Last Jedi. But there's nothing quite like this, though. Yeah, there's nothing really they're having to suss out mm-hmm. you know, about each other. I thought this could have been like a scene from House of Cards. Oh, yeah. like it's, and I mean, it also, too, I guess, kind of maybe highlights the differences in between Mothma and Luthen's approach to things, you know, Luthen's obviously just conducted a very risky, you know, heist, right? Mm-hmm. And and Mothma's, you know, really going to great lengths to feel out, you know, a person who she has known her whole life and is, you know, maybe very familiar and comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Just just you know, highlighting how cautious he is. She's in many ways more vulnerable than he is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no. Like, maybe he's more vulnerable for the movement, but she's more personally vulnerable. There's no getting on a ship and escaping for her. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's not living as as himself in, you know, in his everyday life. Right, You know, right. He's, he's got a closet full of wigs, you know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Do all his wigs have names, like Moira and Schitt's Creek? <laughs> I, I'd like to think they have names like, you know, like the Ambassador and... Um, <laughs> You know, the uh, like uh, like like cologne names, maybe or oh yeah, <laughs> stuff stuff like something like that. Dijon for men, right? <laughs> <laughs> something I noticed somewhat recently is a visual motif that pops up again and again and again in this show is like mm-hmm. octagonal framing. Okay. Um. So you see it in a lot of doorways, like when like Kid Andor is in the you know, uh, going through a lot of the doorways and stuff. They're all like octagons. We'll see it a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the prison buildings themselves, I think, yeah. are octagons. Mm-hmm. The doors are always octagons. 
Um, and I wonder, like, if that's – is there something, like, visceral spider webby about it? Or is it just, yeah. like, also – or is it that plus, like, it's so embedded in, like, the Emperor's throne room that, like, window on the Death Star 2 is such, like, a great playset? Like, does the – is that doing so much work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, any any, any non-square Dore two is really a really easy sell for sci-fi, I think, as well. <sighs> yeah. yeah, all over like Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good catch, though. I would, didn't really think about that. I'm looking at a very octagonal door right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, they walk past some of these screens. Yeah, uh, that are very spiderwebby kind of looking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like it fits in with the whole kind of vibe of the show. I mean, I hate to like let it go by without us mentioning. There's like a couple fun looking like drinks in the in the room. Oh yeah, a lot of fun characters. But if I was wondering, like, you know, gosh, does Star Wars ever get us great scene between two characters like this? I mean, it kind of hits us with like another great one coming up between uh, Andor and Marva mm-hmm. when when he like is showing up for for them to escape and she says she's not going. Yeah, that's uh, that's another great one. You want to jump to that one? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, hey, they want a wonga. They want a wonga. They want a wanna wonga. They want a like go. So, how just like wonderful is it that the thing that inspires her not to leave is what he did? Oh, I know, it's so great. And and I mean, we'll see I guess too how 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 that also comes to bite his plans in the butt. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, yeah I, it's you're, yeah you're exactly right. It's like she she does seem to have like more of this energy about her, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she says you know when after it happened, she put on her best coat, you know, and walked into the square, right, instead of going the long way around like she always does to avoid thinking about Clem. Yeah, what a what a what a punch that is um that's such a great little little moment and just this i don't know like i like the idea that the show is interested in giving us some moments of people who like small people willing to make mm-hmm. sacrifices in kind of a revolutionary moment right like of course the show is going to be about the mon mothmas and the luthans and the indoors but for every one of those there's got to be like a thousand uh marvas right just like exactly. ordinary folks yeah like the, like the it doesn't happen if that's not the case like the the whole rebellion all these kind of like great moments that start in history that start with you know usually some kind of like riot or something like that like well you need like you need the tens of thousands of people in the streets riot like all those people have some backstory specific reason emotional like you know story to them as to why they need to be there and I love that the show is invested in, you know, giving us 10 minutes to talk about, like, why Marva needs to be as willing to play whatever small role she can. Right. It's got that absolutely, I just thought, devastating punch-to-the-gut line where Andor says, I'll be worrying about you all the time. And she says, That's just love. Mm. That's just good screenwriting right there. Mm. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't have anything to say about it. It's just really good. But yeah, I mean, Andor, I mean, I don't know if you got anything else to say about it or not, the scene itself. I mean, nothing, you're just aside from my my great like for it, <laughs> so yeah. honestly. 
So what, there's more ISP fun before we head off to the Miami planet, right? Oh yeah, we got some 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 infighting here now that uh big boss men's out of the room. Yeah, we're we're in like a nice middle management meeting here, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is like the the stand up for their scrum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Kanban board is like coming up on the screen. Oh yeah. Major Major Quiburn's not really liking what he's seeing, right? <laughs> Some, story, yeah. some stories are getting reassigned. <laughs> Deidre, you had three story points last sprint. <laughs> <laughs> are there any blockers? <laughs> your, your, your issues, your tickets today. Uh, no, the Empire is not that evil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're not so evil to run agile development. <laughs> uh, let's, 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 let's not, you know... Oh, let's dial this back some. Right. So yeah, yeah, Deidre out out. Um, what's the what's the word here? Out bureau out bureaucrats. This guy, right? Oh yeah, big fun. She's got her. She's got her her um her TPS report filed in triplicate, right? Ready to go. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, Deidre is a it's a great character. Like, uh, you catch yourself rooting for her, even though she's the bad guy. She's got that great line here where she says systems either change or die. Mm-hmm. Again, I think she and Marva are the two characters who most recognize like that it's a new kind of game from this point forward. Oh, that's a good point. They're kind of, yeah, just the same character on two different ends of the spectrum here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of fun. I like I like her line, too, about, you know, the Rebellion doesn't really care about, you know, how we subdivide the galaxy in our, you know, in our little, uh, you know, how we, how we divide it amongst ourselves and, you know, don't share information across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real kind of, like, demonstration of, I guess, the sort of, like, imperial, like, largesse, like, mm-hmm. what sort of happens to empires. And then we get, uh, we go to a, a beach planet, right? A, a Risa... <laughs> like planet uh the the grayest beach planet you've ever seen <laughs> i i the, my like watching did, this again did andor have a horgon chris it sure looked like he must have I mean, I mean, that's how he's got whoever he's got in his room right now i, I suppose um something that jumped out to me on on, on this watch through i love how mm-hmm. the all the the all the beachfront is just concreted over with like this you know kind of stadium seating yeah all across it like there's no sand like you, you think they would have done something to the water if it were possible but like it's just it's just so sanitized and unpleasant i guess for a resort planet yeah yeah like it's great compared to the other shitty planets on Andor, but mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to like an actual resort it's still kind of impressive it's like <laughs> Me- meanwhile you know <laughs> meanwhile on scarif <laughs> yeah yeah big scarif vibes for sure um oh. of course the thing we're most concerned about all episode is we finally get a check in on the nimic manifesto <laughs> right it's it's in his little keepsake box mm-hmm. um i like that he stores it in like a box like hidden in the bathroom a very like where you would keep your pornography box in the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Scott, why have you been in the bathroom so long? I'm just reading my manifesto. 
<laughs> don't come in. There's definitely uh, got got a lot lot hidden away in this manifesto box <laughs> in the the bathroom. <laughs> the uh, his his uh, lady friend has a very like clockwork orangey kind of vocabulary, doesn't she? Oh, I mean, I, yes, I know what you're talking about. But like what? Presumably drugs to pick up. I'm not really sure what she's requesting. But. I don't know. I, I get the I got the impression that she's maybe like a permanent resident. Like this wasn't like a <laughs> this isn't like a oh we both met on vacation kind of thing. Like she's she's yeah. a permanent, you know, concrete beachgoer. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a townie for sure. She's got great, great beach hair. <laughs> and then I think just like the world's best, you know, even Mandalore and Era New Republic would be jealous of the level of police stateness going on in uh on whatever the planet this is. Oh, it set it on to it's like no no oh, hang on, let me see. Niemos and I yeah, something like that. Yeah. But the uh the trooper that he runs into Oh yeah. This is this is great. This is uh, this, this is this is like the trooper that only arrests people for resisting arrest, right? <laughs> this is like the storm super trooper. <laughs> it's kind of like how many times is he going to say meow when he pulls the guy over? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, oh. like he is just fucking with him, right? Oh yeah, uh, he's he is. <laughs> you know, he's got the you know he's worked on his numbers, right? He's got the sweet assignment to this this beach planet, right? And he's just. You know, just patrolling, cruising up and down the beach all day. You know, yeah. just messing with anybody he pleases. He's going to go pick up a liter cola. <laughs> and he says, you know what he says to the bot. He knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Bit of a little uh, I, uh, sleight of hand bringing in the K2SO-like droid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, is this like going to be the meat cute for K2? No, no. it is not. <laughs> But yeah, he goes to traffic court where they used to just give you, you know, community service and instead gets sent to, like, pound him in the ass federal <laughs> prison, right? Imperial pound me. I mean, and as, I mean, I think we we heard it, like, alluded to, no too, conjugal by... conjugal visits, Chris. Right. <laughs> I mean, Andy Circles to do whatever you want for, uh, for some, some was it some food goop flavoring or whatever oh, yeah. whatever they get if they don't get shocked to death <laughs> right but I, mean, I think they I think big daddy lauren said this in the like in the beginning like you know sentences are all are all federal offenses now or whatever right mhm I, I love yeah this. they go full three one strike and you're out now <laughs> like it's it's like the 90s squared I love, I love too. This, this, this courtroom is just peak. Um, what's, what's the word? Just bureaucratic evil, I guess. Right? It is. Yeah. Just, Don't they keep cutting to like a fan, like like the fan running or something in a great kind of way? Oh, it gets better too. The fan, if you if you noticed it, has has like a little imperial symbol in the middle of it. Right? <sighs> That's perfect. <laughs> this is a standard issue imperial fan. <laughs> right. I, I love the disinterested judge. I love like the. 80s credit card machine they have that gives you your sentence <laughs> oh, and yeah. the little, little thing they put in there yeah i'll be paying with my macy's card <laughs> right do you, do you take do you, do you take diner's club <laughs> yes. or what was what, is that the like the really old yes 
Yes. Andor gets sentenced with the Diners Club swipe. That's yeah. perfect. It's funny that all of that like only in the last like two years did credit cards stop having raised numbers. Right. <laughs> on the, for, for these like this these these holdouts back <laughs> here still still swiping it by hand. Right. Uh it's like you don't I love like you don't you don't want a uh, resisting judgment you know <laughs> sentence here too or whatever. Oh yeah, no oh. way out. And with a little bit of like Cyril and his own kind of uh, own prison, prison of his own making as well, right? Yeah, we kind of skipped over that. The uh, Cyril's back in the central bureaucracy from Futurama <laughs> or whatever. Yes. yes. Oh no, I'm sorry. We get another shot of it here towards the end too, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, 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 but we've really skipped over the whole Bureau of Standards, haven't we? Oh man, that's that is uh, it's like working for the uh, are you familiar with NIST, Scott? It's Wait, the what National Institute of Standards and Technology? That's that's what this kind of feels like. Okay, that's fun. I love I love like the dual monitors that are just two giant like nineteen seventies computers just kind of sat either side of them. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I feel like the um, the Jack Lemon office in the apartment is the kind of like prototype for all these kinds of scenes, <laughs> and the insurance building over it as he works. Um, I love like the 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 walking in bit too with like his his future boss talking about you know don't you know everyone thinks it's you know all the you know standards and measures is like the sexiest thing around here, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything is critical, or, or whatever that whatever that, that that line was. Yeah, the thing that sounds like it would be the absolute worst is the thing he says, like is is the best. Right, that's great. Yeah, so yeah we've got an immediate opening in like you know fuel fuel calculations oh, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Where are you taking this ultimate power in the universe? Where are you taking this sad devotion to that ancient religion? Where are you taking this? Thing. I mean, I love how we just essentially get like everyone's kind of take right on, mm-hmm. and we actually you know see some consequences that you know actually have some you know rather immediate effect on Cassian, right? And I mean, I don't know about you, I did not see him like getting pinched for you know not the heist at the end of this, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. Yeah, it was a real mind blowing moment. The first time I watched it. But now that you mention it, I think the last arc was so kind of big and monumental. It was great to have almost something like a palate cleanser, like to get everyone's reaction to what just happened, I think was really great for the show to to jump. If they had jumped right into the, the prison arc, that would have been like way too fast. it, It seems like. Yeah, I mean, it would have been so easy just to have him get busted for for that and then, you mm-hmm. know, sent off to jail. Something we, I think we kind of forgot. I think it's my fault. I think I forgot through this last time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone should have to swipe a, a six-year sentence on my floppy disk for this. <laughs> but I think I forgot to ask about how you would have rated the last arc on a, the Brian Mitchell Memorial rating. I almost feel like I just don't have to ask, right? I mean, I mean, it's it's a given, but it's yeah, it's it's an I love DVD for sure. Yeah, last one was an I love DVD. This one's an I love DVD, and and like, it's just it's 
probably not going to deviate from that from here on out. I mean, uh, in, uh, I mean, season two, I can probably just go and give it a pre I love DVD at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, it's the show I think really benefits from them. I think having like a real clear, um, you know, a, a to Z, you know, what, what the show is going to be, you know, timeline episode pacing, all that set out that they just, mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about leaving things open potentially for the future, you know, anything like that. It really, really benefits from that. So what you're saying is perhaps like planning out a whole story in advance could be a good idea. Potentially. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a novel concept. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and to that extent too, I mean, you don't have to worry about, you know, like, Oh, gotta, you know, can't, we can't have so many, like, like, ex, like we can't have certain things befall the character because, Oh, we need to leave big daddy. Disney says we need to leave certain things open for potential future projects down the road. It's like, yeah. you know, like we know what's happening to this guy at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. Something like that. Well, uh, perhaps even more important, at least just as important as the Brian Mitchell Memorial rating. Did you find a character who is perhaps conspicuous, highly conspicuous, deserving of the fur jacket, uh, in honor of our favorite fur coated character from the force awakens? I live for furs. I worship furs. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives it? Oh, please, won't you see my vest? I did. I, I have a very highly conspicuous. You, I mean, you, you can't miss this guy, but if you want to go to about 42 minutes and I want to say like five or six seconds in, I just, is this the guy that's playing chess? Uh, no, that, that guy, that guy is like, that guy was my, my second choice, but the guy is fantastic okay. too. This is, this is just before that. And it's, it's mainly due to the circumstances. So I've backed up and I, you just smash cut from, uh, Cassian hiding his, uh, manifesto box. Right. Like we all do, uh, very shamefully. <laughs> and we cut to this, like, aardvark kind of guy holding up yes. a like he's, beer helmet <laughs> contraption strong contraption yes like he's he's holding it up like i didn't catch that initially like in the first watch that's his hand that's no, his hand like he's holding that. it up for for this i'm guessing you know his his sugar mama here he's taking him on vacation yeah she is like funneling a, a tall boy <laughs> of, you know, very like banquet beer esque kind of, can, very Coors Light kind of can. Yes. <laughs> um, I just, I love the idea of them just, of you know, this guy just being like her, her uh, aardvark, aardvark boy toy that gets taken to the the beach and you <laughs> yes. know, sheltered around with her everywhere. I just that, oh, yeah. that tickled me to no end. So he's getting my fur jacket for this this episode. He's got, I mean, uh, we've dreamed about this character before. He's got, like, kind of Slurms McKenzie vibes. Yes, he does. <laughs> that, is, that is probably some slur he's giving her fresh from the source. <laughs> it does kind of have a green tinge to it, looking at it again. Yeah. The liquid. Always, <laughs> <laughs> like, taste the wave or something like that. <laughs> I'm so tired of partying. That's that's not Baja Blast in there, Scott. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yes, this, 
Slurm Hardfart guy is really a thing of beauty. I do love him. For mine, I'm going to go back to my favorite scene to uh, the uh, Chandrillan Embassy Party, and I'll go around 2110. So there's a bit of a just kind of throwaway shot of Mon Mothma's... 2110, I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Yeah. It's got a throwaway shot of Mon Mothma's like kind of shitty husband talking to his daughter. I guess this is where he's like, "Oh, go ask your mom," and right. can, you know, make make her make mom be the bad guy. And there's like a woman on the couch and a guy on the couch. I love the idea that this woman on the couch is wearing like a like has a mask as if she was going to a masquerade party, like on her head. Oh, uh, it's like you, 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 is it? Oh, is it the Brits who call like a like a costume party, like a fancy dress party or something like that. Do you think like, the reverse happened here? Like you, told me, the r- you, told, you told me this was, <laughs> like you told me this is whatever the equivalent of costume party is. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So she just like, just lifted the mask, just wore the mask on top of her head the rest of the night. But no, no, this was, this is fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for eyes wide shut. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that's what we were going. <laughs> yeah right it is yeah it is a very eyes wide shut kind of party is, is this not the, this chandrill and holiday i, I apologize <laughs> <laughs> i just love that she's came for a masquerade party and it wasn't that there also is like this random dude next to them who reminds me a little bit of the lobby boy from grand budapest hotel yeah he's got he's got like the uh like kind of like a pointed sort of fez going yeah. on maybe a little bit yeah that guy's great. So the the mask, and then I, I couldn't decide between him. Did you get a shot of the drink serving robot at this party? Yes, I, I'm look, I saw it earlier. I'm trying to find a good the timestamp for it. I did see He's it at got one point. Kind of a mask face too, doesn't he? Where is it? I was deciding between both of them, and then I thought like, oh crap, this is a scene all about Mon Mothma, like her masks and i thought this damn show even with it's like throwaway uh conspicuous characters feels like it's doing something for me yeah uh, it's jerks wow so i'm gonna give it to the the masky robot and the and i'm gonna double give it to to him and to the the costume party lady i've, I've had a discovery i think as i was looking around for the robot here all right pop over to 2113 for me 11 12 Paul's. You should see like a yeah. like a two shot of Mon Mon Mothma and Banker. Yes. Do you see those those three people in the background? And um, that that fourth thing, which I think is also a, a person, <laughs> that kind of vaguely purplish kind of thing back there. It's wearing like a white dress. And Whoa! Look, is that a person? It. I mean, it looks like it's supposed to be some kind of creature or something. I I just noticed it. That's. Their face reminds me a little bit of the moon from the like from the Earth to the like, yeah, like oh the like uh, that, the George Milliers or whatever. Yeah, film. yeah, it, it does, yeah. It does look like the Smashing that. Pumpkins music video, yes. right? There, there are bullets gonna fly into it at any point. Ah, <laughs> 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 my eye. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like that, just in a in a white dress with yeah, or with proportionate size ah, body. Man. This is in. She's in soft focus. I know and, it's so annoying. Ugh. Oh man, I forgot. There was also that dude. This whole scene is so great. I had forgotten. There's um, 
back to the moon face lady, you get a couple shots of her in mm-hmm. the back. She seems perfect. Do you see this guy at like 2048? He's in the far left. Let me see here. 2048. He looks like Beetlejuice shrunk his head at the very end of Beetlejuice. Is it kind of like it? Like it, it looks kind of like a um sna- like Time a snail person cloner. Is 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 it the like, Far the, left. the very the very tall? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So his head moves in like a really fun kind of way. Like his neck doesn't. It's it's like he's an actual animatronic. Like the guy from Jurassic Park pops up and asks if this is autoerotica. Scott, I tell you what, we also get out of this shot too. Check out who's on the far right. Of that same one? Yeah. Fez guy. No, no, no. Am I looking at the right? I'm, I'm at 2054. Whoa, is that her? I think that's her. Whoa. Yeah, that is her. Oh, man, this is such a weird. It's 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 worse. I wish it was back in soft focus. <laughs> this is, this is horrifying. Oh. It's like, you remember like in the 80s, like kids movies were always terrifying? <laughs> Yes, I, I, I'm, I still bear the scars to this day for all of this. Feels like someone that would have been in a never-ending story or labyrinth or like. I think you're right. Like a random person got turned into a mud or something, she, and you have to go like ask her for advice on how to slay the <laughs> Goblin King. This is the uh, maybe some rejected ideas for when um was it was it Violet, Violet Beauregard. Turns into a blueberry. Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit, Chris. This is adult. This is after they dejuice her. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> this is so disgusting. She's drinking a real gross-looking drink. Yeah, she too. is drink- <laughs> drinking. It's she- like a little bit of blue with like marshmallows on top. Uh, it's awful. She's, she's gotta gotta keep 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 the tank topped up, or she'll die. <laughs> she doesn't keep downing everlasting gobstopper juice right. or whatever this is. <laughs> oh man, what uh all right, well that was fun. <laughs> oh man, this this party's just got keeps going getting better in my opinion, this whole scene now. Any last thoughts? Nothing really. Um Yeah, I love I love that this gives us, you know, like a breather and then I love what it sets up too. I mean, the, you know, I, I did not think like we would go from high Stark to, you know, brutal uh, Imperial prison arc, but man, it is. Yeah. Like the, uh, this show just gives me, you know, gives you exactly what you need, not what you want. <laughs> well, let's, uh, I guess we'll have to look forward to that until then. I want to thank all of our listeners i want to thank computer music all-stars for the music we use on this show and i want to remind our listeners that you can email us at we serve droids at gmail.com and find twitter and facebook groups I'm trying to think of something good uh if you've uh, got got too much money next to your manifesto in your stash box above the shower please check us out on patreon.com slash we serve droids I lost all my money due to signing up to some manifesto websites to look at the chip. <laughs> so, uh, so any help would be needed. Um, of course, uh, if you can rate and review the show, that'd be great. Uh, you know. And until then, we will see you soon. 
they are just like some exceptionally random characters. There's uh, a <laughs> the woman that uh, Alexander's mom. I've oh got her yeah! In here. Wow! Wow! Man, they they craft those things out, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, like it makes me wonder if my uh, if my William Riker isn't actually Tom Riker. <laughs> you guys look like. What do they look like, Jimmy? Dorks. <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. 